Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> if you're interested in advertising on the other stories, whether that's for a podcast or maybe a small business or maybe even a teeny tiny business that you operate from the tip of your finger, then get in touch. You can find our contact information over at theotherstories.net forward slash contact. Today's episode is American Flavor, written by Ralph Benton and narrated by Persephone Rose. Brian Dripp, senior fellow with the U.S. Agricultural Research Service, stared at the photo on his desk. His father, wearing that damn Medal of Honor. How many times had he heard about that medal? Even in the picture, his dad wore a judging look. Brian picked up his office phone. He had made many calls during his 40 years in service of government food research, but none so frustrating as this. Another month, just a few weeks, and he could have shown the old man just how wrong he was. He took a deep breath and dialed the personal line of the White House Chief of Staff. Brian was allowed only a single ring of hope that the chief wouldn't pick up. Yes, Drip. Brian knew better than to start with pleasantries. Sir, I have the final results of Operation Birthday Present, the, uh... Brian, you can speak freely. My phone is encrypted, and after our discussion of your initial results, I ensured that yours is as well. Brian looked at the phone. 
He locked his office every night, he was sure of it. He put that thought aside and took a deep breath. Firstly, sir, I again want to say what an honor this has been. I'll admit to a moment's hesitation when you told me that I was not to inform my boss or anybody in the Department of Agriculture, but the more we talked, I was all in. The sabbatical and the laboratory outfitted to your specifications must have been pretty tempting. Brian noticed that the chief studiously avoided mentioning the award, so he wouldn't either. He had some pride. A scientist's dream, sir. Directing those chemists and biologists you sent over, well, sir, they're amazing. Top-notch talent. I was, uh, surprised, let me say, that I have never heard of any of them. I mean, I know pretty much everybody in the field, and for you to find a half-dozen folks of their caliber was kind of shocking. Brian was glad he hadn't said spooky. It's a big government, Brian. All sorts of nooks and crannies, if you know where to look. And the president told me to look deep. All she wants is to give the American people a little something on Independence Day. A gift from her to the greatest people on Earth on their nation's birthday. And an amazing gift it is, sir. I mean, a food supplement that will make any food taste 100% better? The potential applications are endless. Agree completely, Brian. Absolutely. And it's to your credit, sir, that you didn't give up after our initial results proved, uh, boisterous, shall we say. Brian was relieved to hear the chief of staff chuckle at the memory. <laughs> the first two clinical trials had worked well until the subjects became aggressively hungry. Brian's throat tightened as the image of Subject C-14 coming over the counter screaming for more flashed through his mind. Which reminds me, sir, we're continuing to use chips and salsa as our test media, a good mix of solids, liquids, colors, and other variables. Sounds delicious. C-14 had certainly thought so. The good news, sir, is that they weren't clinically addicted, since after an hour or so they simply had a pleasant memory of the eating experience. But in the midst of what we called a feeding frenzy, the subjects did become dangerous. That's part of the reason I sent over that team from Homeland Security. They're a tough bunch. Brian had never warmed to those guys and their haircuts and those strange cell phones. That... They are, sir, that they are. They've certainly taught me a lot about operational security, as they call it. More than I thought there was to know, frankly. The president doesn't really want this leaking. She knows it's a long shot, what with such short notice. A flavor bomb Manhattan project, so to speak. That's one of the reasons you were selected for this. We remember your key contributions to Operation Snap Crackle Pop. The people's secrets are safe with you. Brian thought of those long days in that Los Angeles biolab in 1980. That project was supposed to be beyond top secret and never spoken of again. He had never even told his father, who probably would have given him some credit for that sort of thing. Anyway, sir, with time growing short, for phase two, we skipped virtual modeling and went directly to human testing as your specialist suggested. 
Yes, they do believe in getting down to brass tacks. That they do. Unconventional, to be sure, but all of the constituents were already human-rated, so I decided it was an allowable shortcut. Hell yes, Drip. Always good to see a man take the initiative. Brian beamed. Fired by the praise, he stood up to sound more authoritative. You know, sir, another few weeks would really- Sorry, Drip. You know the schedule. No can do. Brian sagged for a moment, as the feel of that blue satin settling around his neck faded to a dot and popped out. But he wasn't going to let his career be defined by an impossible task, and he gathered himself. We made several modifications which eliminated the belligerent snacking, but the new variant uncovered a fresh wrinkle. The subjects refused to follow the test guidelines. No amount of asking, pleading, or demanding could make them complete the data questionnaires. Americans, we do hate our paperwork, don't we? A keen observation, sir, but a lab runs on data. So we were back to tweaking. This is an absolutely fascinating conversation trip, but we need to start getting to the point. Brian went red and sat down. He could run on when it came to food science, particularly if there was something unpleasant that required discussion. Well, sir, the latest version of the additive makes everything taste wonderful, full stop. We're calling it Salt Double Plus, because just like salt, all the natural flavors are amplified, but to an astounding degree. Ice cream, even the cheap stuff with the emulsifiers and too much air, tastes like hand-churned fresh dairy. Dinner meatloaf goes down like aged Kobe beef. So, it works. What's the problem? Here we are. Finally. The problem, sir, is that we watched as the test subjects became dull-witted and apathetic. Their only passion is more salt double plus snacks. As they became increasingly disengaged with conventional modes of discourse, we resorted to a series of questions that could be answered with nothing more than a checkbox. That's something, anyway. Would they respond to simple commands? The chief sounded disappointed, but at least he was asking questions. Yeah, yes, they would. Your people came up with some great ideas. We began encouraging the subjects to complete the questionnaires with short, pre-recorded video messages, like public service announcements using soothing voiceovers. Did that work? To an extent. But simply asking them to check the boxes didn't elicit much response, until we boosted the messages with fireworks, soaring music, and lots of bright colors like red and blue. Virtually all of the respondents will now complete their questionnaires on demand if we provide enough stimuli. Do their responses reflect what they're truly thinking? Brian was gratified that the chief seemed to realize where all this was going. Sir, that is such a good question. Unfortunately, and this is looking like a longer-term effect, the subjects have become... extremely... suggestive? Suggestive... how? We ran a quick experiment earlier this week where we flat-out told the subjects which boxes to check on the questionnaire. Virtually all of them complied. Even when we fed them unmodified food, even moldy food, they would select 
more of the same if we told them to. Well, that's just astonishing. Yes, sir, the results speak for themselves. We're trying to wean them off of Salt Double Plus now. As you directed, they are all covered by ironclad non-disclosure agreements. Your team suggested, and I agree, that we keep them at the facility until they regain full cognitive capability. How about the support staff? The staff were all vetted, Chief. Brian amazed himself with this little impertinence. Their NDAs are on file. I meant, are they all on site now? No vacations or sick children? No, sir. We've been noses down six or seven days a week since we got here. Good. Good. The chief sounded distracted, and Brian heard him talking to someone in the background. The call had gone on long enough for such a busy man. Then he was back. What else, Drip? There was nothing else. They both knew where they were. But Brian had to say it. Sir, I am sorry. We simply have not been able to pull this off. He rushed to continue. I am happy to offer my resignation. Oh no, no need to speak of that, the chief said. He sounded incredulous that Brian would even consider such a thing. You achieved amazing results under an incredibly tight schedule. He had seemingly come to some decision. Brian, you're a credit to AG and to this administration. While the results fell just short, in light of your services... Unbelievably, Brian felt a hope spark in his chest, phoenix-like. Leading this extraordinary undertaking, I am going to recommend that the President award you the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Brian couldn't speak, was afraid to speak. As if it was already taken, printed, framed, and sitting on his desk, he saw the photo of he and Dad, each wearing their medals. His father, after all these years, turning to him. Brian, I was wrong. You didn't need to wear a uniform to make me proud. He pinched his nose to stop from sniffling. The chief's voice broke his reverie. I'm sure you know that I've heard bits and pieces of what's going on over there. Brian didn't care. Those four words had drained him, left him exhausted. The boys, the chief continued, will make sure things get properly cleaned up. They'll just pop in and make sure all the notes and test results are thoroughly secured. Brian must have been more tired than he realized. Was that breaking glass from the floor below? The chief kept talking. In the meantime, you and the rest of the team take some well-deserved time off. I tell you what, you don't even have to ask the wife where she might like to go. I'll arrange everything. Won't that be a surprise? Brian was about to tell the chief that he wasn't married when the sound of a scream, violently silenced, came from the cubicles outside his office. Your country thanks you, Brian. And most importantly, the president thanks you. The sound of heavy boots on thin office carpet came pounding to his door. Brian began to shout into the phone, to beg and plead, but the connection had ended. The chief of staff leaned back in his chair. His office was the largest in the West Wing, second only to the Oval Office. He even had a fireplace. 
that was worth keeping. He picked up the phone. Sal, can I talk to her? Thanks. Ma'am, we're a go with Project Incumbent. Yes, ma'am. Results have far exceeded expectations. No, ma'am. There won't be any fallout. I'm tying up all the loose ends now. He wondered how a few hunting trophies might look while he kept half an ear open to the usual five-minute diatribe. Good news or bad, there was always a monologue about taking credit or dispensing blame. Finally, he heard a question. We can have a hundred million doses ready for the snack companies in three months. Yes, ma'am, I know the election is in four months. Just tell the committee to re-elect to crank up the bright colors and the martial music. He ended the call and thought about new wallpaper. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. American Flavor was written by Ralph Benton, narrated by Persephone Rose, edited by Duncan Muggleton, with music by Blair Moon and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org and zapsblatt.com. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. Ralph Benton came to his senses after decades of wearing the golden handcuffs of a corporate drone. He fled the frozen peaks of Colorado for the muggy swamps of Florida. Now there is weirdness and mystery all around him and he is much better for it. You can find more of his work at ralphbenton.com. Persephone Rose plans to live long enough with the help of cybernetic augmentations to travel to the stars and make extraterrestrial friends. When she isn't performing satanic rituals, she scripts by as a writer and voice actor of things that are not always for the faint of heart. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help support the show over at patreon.com forward slash hawkandcleaver. You can join our book club, movie club and writing exercises over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawkandcleaver. T-shirts, mugs, posters and comic books are available at gumroad.com forward slash hawkandcleaver. And if you want to get help with your short stories and your podcasts, you can head over to theotherstories.net forward slash services to see what we offer. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you by Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. So, until next time. 